Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing, Jared? Oh, I'm, I'm just delightful. This weather is, is nice. Wow. It's supposed to be in the 80s. Uh, is that right? A couple, couple days this it's week. It's Monday right? afternoon right now. Yeah. And it's about, I don't know, it looks it's pretty warm right now. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Summer is coming. Yeah, I, I read something really interesting today, and in a lot of ways it made sense, but I just wanted to ask you this question. Did, did you ever grow up with pets? Like, did you have- You know, I didn't. Really? Yeah, does that No, 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 no. I mean, I don't know. I didn't I didn't think that but, maybe you, like, grew up on a farm or anything no, no. like that, but- uh, But go ahead. You know, there, well, there's- Well, fish, I mean, stuff like that, but I didn't- Well, everyone knows that a fish makes a great pet. Yeah, no They're doubt. They're terrific. Yeah. Um, I love to take I read my, take today, my fish on a walk. Yeah, yeah. Those are good. Well, for a swim. It's nice when you go on vacation, you're going to the beach and nice. you know, like, great, I'm going to go visit the ocean. You know what? My my goldfish would really love to see the ocean. No he would really love to swim in the ocean. Um, yeah. Goldfish didn't live through vacation. Um, yeah. So huh. so you know how cats are, are well known for being a little standoffish? Right. Yeah. So apparently there was a study in which they were trying to, to see if cats... Uh, know when you're calling their name. Like if you're, right. you're, you know, my little cat, I'm gonna, you fluffy. know, yeah, fluffy, whatever the name is. When you call your cat, does your cat know? And so the study proved that yes, they know. Uh, they just don't care. Wow. It's true. Uh, and so it said that they will, uh, the way they set up the study, um, apparently they, they set it up so that you see the cat going, you know, maybe walking around or doing something that they normally do. And then they would have a computerized voice, uh, <laughs> so that there was consistency in how yeah. it said one word versus their name, yeah. say various names. And it said that there was apparently signs of, uh, of the fact that the cat recognized its name, like, uh, it's, it's ears would twitch or wow. things like that, but it wouldn't, it I would, hear it wouldn't calling, really turn its head. But I don't care. Yeah, exactly. So it's really interesting. I grew up with a cat once and, and they're really affectionate and then you feed them and then you don't see them for literally maybe four days. Wow. Yeah. They just, you don't even know where they go. Mine weren't even indoor outdoor cats. Like sometimes you let a cat out and you know, at night and then they show up at the door in the morning with like a rabbit head or something. Ooh. And they're like, Oh, Hey, here's a gift. I love you. Ouch. It's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. But other times, very just, interesting. Well, there's got to be some kind of spiritual application to I hearing your so. hearing your name and not responding. But well, it's interesting. You know, this is this is the Grace Church Conversations podcast on which we we answer questions. So maybe you can answer this question, Craig, uh, very from a very theological position. Why did God create cats to be so uh, apathetic towards humans and to just not care? Yeah, I don't. I don't have an answer for that. Mm. I, I do not. I'm going to put that in the mystery category. <laughs> and now I don't know what they were like before the fall, but post fall, I'm going to put that in the mystery category. Yeah. It's because they, uh, you know, we talk about living in a fallen world and there's brokenness and yeah, there's there's things that don't require human involvement for things to go wrong. You know, a forest fire that kills some yeah. deer, something yeah. like that. Uh, you know, but the scripture doesn't teach to, or doesn't talk about the proportion uh, of sin that that is, you know, entered individual animal yeah. species or anything yeah. like that or how it's affected. But I think we can objectively see that sin has um, in a special and unique way has affected cats. Is that right? So I think so. Well, that's part of, you know, in, in the uh, in the kingdom, when the kingdom fully comes, fully arrives, one of the signs is the lion will lay with the lamb, right? Mm. So together, all of the sort of animosity that might come in the animal kingdom, there'll be reconciliation among the... Uh, 
among the animals. No, that's interesting. How about that? Yeah. Who, yeah. who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Well, um, anyways, I don't know. If you don't care about cats, then... Yeah, I'm not on board not with cat discussions. I'm really not. Yeah, so. I can tell. You're very indifferent. <laughs> you're, you know I, what? I, I you remind me of? You yeah, remind me of a cat. cat. You, you're not... I'm I thought this would interest you and... I'm calling your I name. Not really, I try and I tr- learn unique facts to share with you and you just don't care. interesting trivia to the Conversations podcast and you sit over there like a cat ignoring me. It's sad. Well, you know what? When I did peek my head in your office and said, Hey Craig, yeah. uh, your ears twitched a little That's, bit, but you even though I you didn't, didn't really respond, even look up. Yeah, I, didn't resp- <laughs> I ignored you. All right. Well, let's just move on. Very good, I'll, I'll just try and, you know, it's just going to take a while for me to really know what topics are going to interest I lo- no, you. No, it's great. No, it's okay. You don't have to deny it. Cats are not interesting because you're a cat. Yeah, but, but see, okay. I'm really restraining myself <laughs> because I have said things publicly insulting of cats and I've offended people in the church. And so mm. that probably my, probably my previous church. I think I've so learned. Really, it's it's wisdom. It's wisdom that if I if you don't have anything nice to say, don't yeah, say yeah, anything yeah. at all. So if I come up with something sarcastic about a cat or something mm-hmm. about r- r- cats versus dogs or what that whole thing, it just yeah. divides the church. I mean, You're it's right. more divisive than Arminians and ca- uh, Calvinists. <laughs> Is uh, cats and dogs and pet yeah. people and non-pet people and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really reckless in my youth you, is what it you is. You are reckless. I'm, so I didn't want to enter that conversation. <laughs> so the cat haters <laughs> no longer want to hear you. The cat That's lovers true. are glad you're that sensitive to their to their um, preferences. But yeah. So yeah. I was probably just not wanting. I could see I might say something. It wouldn't be great. That's so wise. I just Guys, listen, you I just are, listen to you. Yeah, yeah. So listeners of this podcast, you are getting in a, win, a window into seeing how discerning Craig is and how, mm. um, you know, really you're an ambassador to many kinds of people. And a, a reflection <laughs> of Paul ambassador. saying that he will be many things. <laughs> all to, things to all people. Yeah, he's going to be all things yep. to all people. So you're yep. going to be a cat lover to cat lovers. I, and you're going to be a dog takes, lovers to dog if lovers. If that's what it takes. Here to serve for the sake you know, of the I gospel. Really I think we can. I, I mean, honestly, I feel like that's the episode that's right there. The, I just you know, that modeling. While yeah. you were you were kind of going out on a limb with the cat thing, I felt was. like you were hanging yourself a bit. Yeah, I did, and I, I wasn't did. saying much. And then you pointed that out, and I shared why. Man, and you this ha- really was an object lesson. It really was, and you saved me from folly. Thank you for I that. D- <laughs> I saved you from folly. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, just don't do it next week. All right, I won't. As, as a cat returns to its own vomit, so no does a, as a dog, isn't it? <laughs> So no, the fool his folly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yep. good. Well, I, I one time took a class on gospel-centered preaching, <laughs> and it was about how to preach the gospel from Old Testament text, which this may be transitioned to Habakkuk because I tried to do that yeah. last week. Um, and the teacher said, there's really anything, any place in the Old Testament you can somehow get to the gospel without mm. somehow. And then he kind of gave us a rundown on how he would preach the proverb as a dog returns to its own vomit, so a fool to his father. Really? And made it gospel centered. I forget, I forget the message now, but it was at the time I was going, Wow. That was really good. And it wasn't like, it wasn't inappropriate. It wasn't right. like, uh, we're just going to put Jesus on here in yeah, some yeah, kind yeah. of allegorical way. Yeah. He got there somehow, and I forget how. But anyway, That's but really let, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now, wish, now you're the one listening, and I'm the one out on the list saying that, stupid stuff. I wish that you knew what he said. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll try. Maybe I have it in my notes somewhere. I'll come back and you can share that. Can you specifically preach on that text sometime? <laughs> I'll do that for you. That'll be good. Yeah, and all the cat lovers will love it because yes, they say, will. Cat would never do that. That's right. A cat vomits and then never comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but the dog returns. There you go. Oh my! Hey, this right. turned out to be a good opening. This okay. is something terrible. And these are never rehearsed. This, the openings. Yeah. This was specifically pretty, not rehearsed. Yeah, pretty I did, obvious. 
obvious. Craig, I did. I didn't want to tell you what it was beforehand, yeah. and now I wish I did. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. This is a wreck. Murders. Anyways, okay, well, we go. we've got some questions, so let's go ahead and dive into those questions. And uh, whew, wow, all right. Um, here's the first one uh, in regard regarding uh, our uh, our series on Habakkuk. It says this: If God made the Chaldeans strong to attack His own people to purify His own people, why would God then pour out judgment on the Chaldeans for doing his will. Right. Um, that's certainly a relevant question. And I almost said, uh, this person almost quoted something from mm. the sermon, because I think I said something like that. God made them strong to attack his own people to purify them. So that, that is indeed uh, part of uh, what the text teaches and what I tried to say on Sunday. Um, so the question really is, how is this just that God would uh, punish the Chaldeans if in fact he has, uh, he's using them, you know, he's strengthening them. Um, uh, the, the word of um, that uh, he uses in chapter one is, "I'm raising them up. I'm, mm. ra- I'm raising up the Chaldeans." Um, let me to this listener. Let me refer back because <clears throat> we spent a, a bit of time on this topic because it is maybe the theological question, the big theological question out of the book. I think mm-hmm. out of the, the book of Habakkuk, um, and in podcast number eighteen, uh, we it had two parts: part one and part two. And so, in part one, the question you asked was pretty much what we spent. The, the whole podcast on. Uh, so I refer you there to, for more detail, but it is a good question. And I want to at least say something about it here. And that, that is that I think the simplest answer is that God didn't make the Chaldeans evil. Um, they are doing, well, they're just doing what Chaldeans do. They're doing what conquering <laughs> nations do. He does raise them up, verse one, but raising them up can't mean that he is uh, sort of introducing or working evil into innocent hearts. Right. And the New Testament makes this point. Uh, I think one of the most helpful verses on this is James 1, uh, verses 13 to 14. And this is what it says. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, mm-hmm. for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. That's good. Um, so, and then he goes, and so what happens then is, verse 15, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So there's the process. So according to James 1, uh, the Chaldeans wouldn't be able to stand before God and say, <clears throat> you created this evil. You were the one who you know, put this in our heart and lured us away. We were going about you know, worshiping you and being godly, and you did this to us. No, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And in chapter 1, you see the desires on display of the Chaldeans, which they ultimately have to have to own. It says, uh, God says of them in chapter one, verse seven, or back to verse six, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation who marched through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle and swift to devour. They come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings, they scoff. At rulers, they laugh. So they're completely uh, rebellious, disrespectful, angry. They laugh at every fortress. They're they're 
mocking, they're devouring, they pile up earth and take it. And then listen to this next verse, final verse here, verse 11. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on, guilty men whose own might is their God. Mm. So they're, they are, they worship themselves is what God says here. So all their, he describes all their actions of stealing, um, uh, harm, violence, uh, all this kind of stuff. And he yeah. says they're guilty men. Right. So they have to be responsible for their own actions. And so it is possible for humans to freely sin and be guilty and for God's to purpose, you know, those actions, to use those actions as he desires. And one last verse, and I'll, I'll finalize this, this, uh, the answer to this question, but, yeah. um, you know, the, I think the ultimate, I think this was on that previous podcast, maybe not, but the ultimate example of this is, uh, the crucifixion mm. and in the crucifixion verse, uh, Acts two verse 23 says, Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. And he says, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, mm. you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. That's interesting. So Jesus's death, there's two things happening here. It's foreordained or for uh, the, God's foreknowledge, his definite plan. So God plans for Jesus to be crucified and Jesus is crucified at the hands of lawless men, mm. men who have no regard for the law and disobey the law. Yeah. A lawless person will be judged by the law yeah. uh, for murder in that case. Uh, so if you look at that, you go, they're both happening at once. Mm -hmm. And so even though God... That was God's will. Uh, people freely acted. And so we talked about this being kind of confluence, which means yeah. to flow together, the will of man and the will of God flowing together. So no one will be able to stand before God and say, you made me do this. Um, you, I would have never done this on my own. I wasn't fulfilling my own desires. The Chaldeans really want to take over the world and really want to harm Judah and really want to be powerful. It's not that God has introduced that to them. And that's how he can judge them. But he can also use them and he can create, perhaps he can create circumstances so that they flourish in, yeah. in their own wickedness towards his people. So mm -hmm. I don't know how that all that part works. That's, yeah. that's mystery. It's in the mystery category. But anyway, they both flow together. And thanks to the question, the person who asked this question, you were asking the chief question of the whole book, I think, from a, from a scratch your head right. uh, theologically. Yeah, for sure. Well, that was a good explanation. Um, I definitely think that one of the things that can help us in this regard is, is remembering probably just a... Uh, uh, a, a biblical anthropology of man of, yeah. you know, what is man's natural state? What's our man's state? natural state is not, mm -hmm. uh, you know, innocence or, you know, given the Chaldeans, you know, they could have gone either way. They could yeah, have just right. gone and done righteousness, but we don't know because God made them go do sin. Well That's said. not how it was, you know, the Chaldeans kind of like what Habakkuk says at the beginning where yeah. it's like, they're, they're dudes going out and conquering right. lands, doing stuff anyway. Yeah. So isn't it within God's right to direct that Absolutely. and however the heck he wants? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so they're it, fallen. They're, they're clearly fallen yeah. and acting in yeah. rebellion. So not to minimize, you know, the difficulty that different aspects sure. of this conversation can bring, but I think, I think it helps to remember that. So, yeah. but that Very was helpful, good. man. Um, here's our next one. How do I know, uh, that I don't treat God as a vending machine, uh, only using him when I need him? Well, that is, I, I really love that question. Um, and I think it probably comes from the fact we were talking about prayer on Sunday, but it's, it's a broader question than prayer. And yeah. I, I think I would say to the person lovingly, how do I know that I don't treat God as a vending machine, only using him when I need him? 
you may. Mm. And all of us probably do at mm. points. So you, you may do that. However, I would say the fact that you are asking the question shows that you have a level of concern about that, which is outstanding. It also shows that you have um, you have spiritual self-awareness because if <clears throat> if you were deceived or blinded, you wouldn't even know. You would say, mm. hey, this is this is how my relationship with God <clears throat> functions. I am using him when I, he's my, uh, you know, he's there on call. He's my fire alarm. He'll come and rescue me when I, uh, you know, pull the, pull the fire alarm or whatever. He's there to, or in the vending machine illustration. He's there just, uh, to give me what I want. Um, so, uh, I would say the question I would ask about that is not just about prayer, which you didn't say prayer. I did, but I, I would say the question I would ask is broader, you know, to really ask, do, do you worship God or do you use him? Do you love God or do you use him? Do you serve God or do you use him? Do you have a relationship with God? So are there things in your life where you're trying to cultivate a relationship with God because you want to know him mm. and you love him and you're, you want to please him? You're grateful to him. These are the kind of things that you look in that are signs of a heart that's been regenerated by the spirit, but also signs of a regenerated person who's moving in the right direction. Do you want to obey his word? I, <clears throat> I didn't say, do you always obey his word or even do you always want to, but <clears throat> Excuse me, but generally speaking, do you want to obey His word? Uh, do you practice the uh, the spiritual disciplines, things like scripture reading and mm -hmm. prayer and meditation, participation um, in in the church? Um, do you do these kinds of things when everything's okay? So that'd be a question to ask, yeah. you know. Um, now, obviously, in a crisis, I pray more. So I, I'm not saying that. Uh, but the question is, do you ever pray when mm. there's not a crisis or yeah. when you don't need something from God? Do you ever pray because you enjoy communing with God? Do you read the Bible just to find a uh, like a uh, an answer to your question or just some kind of little nugget that'll get you through the day? Or do you read the Word because you want to know the author? You know, yeah. th those are the kind of questions I think that are important to ask. And the other thing I wanted to point to is the person mentioned a vending machine. I thought about that. And again, I don't know exactly what the full intent was, but a vending machine is kind of a place you put in your, it used to be your coins, but now don't they suck in your dollar bill through that little, yeah, that, uh, yeah. Some of them or you credit card. card. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it used to be you put in your coins, but it was, the idea was you put in something and you deserve something. And it mm. used to be, you got really mad if you pulled the lever and the thing <laughs> corkscrewed out and just hung there over oh, yeah. the abyss. And then yeah. you had to like shake the machine <laughs> to get it. But why were you upset about that? Well, you put something in and you deserve something mm. out of the vending machine. You deserved, uh, you know, uh, those Cheez-Its or whatever it was that you, that you got. So, um, I, I think, uh, you know, I would ask the person as well, how do you understand grace? Is your relationship with God based on grace? Is it based on, I come to you when things are really bad? Or in this case, the illustration I just used, is it based on, I do my part, so God's responsible to bless mm. me and do his part? Because that's not how it works. God's blessed you and me way more than we deserve. We, yeah. we deserve judgment, eternal yes. judgment. And yet he is... He's provided for us wonderfully. So if we treat God that way, I put in my coin, so I better get something from him. Uh, put in my offering. I prayed. I served. I did a good deed. So God's got to repay me. I've been faithful in my marriage. So I, God's got to repay me with a very happy marriage. And I, I took care of my kid and took him to church. So God's got to repay me with a Christian kid or whatever it is. We can look at, you know, I, I work hard. So I definitely God's got to promote me at work. Generally, that happens but you can't 
it's not a guarantee. Yeah. So these are the kind of things where it's all based on, on grace. And mm. um, then the last question I would ask is, do you want to serve others? So am I using God? One way to know if I'm using God is, do I see my calling in my relationship with God to serve others? Uh, if that's the case, then I'm not wanting to use God, but I'm wanting to be used by God. And I don't mm. mean to do a word play here, but I think that's an important one. Are you using God or do you want to be used by him? Mm. And uh, so offer your life as a living sacrifice. That's how you know if you're using him. I, uh, Romans 12, um, the sound of rustling pages. That's what church used <laughs> to sound like before apps. Um Romans 12. That sounded uh, somewhat bitter. No, no. I, I, yeah, I read a Bible on an app. I really do. But it did, yeah, it did sound like an old guy. Get off my lawn. Back in my day. Yeah, back in my day, youngins. <laughs> Whippers, nevers. Uh, let's see. In Romans 12, um, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So um, he's saying, but because of God's mercy, our response is not to be just go to him when I have a big need. Yeah. God, get me out of the. If you'll get me out of this one, I promise it's mm -hmm. not that. By God's mercy, present your body. And here it's probably communicating your whole self. Present your whole self as a living sacrifice. So you're open. You are saying, Lord, I am yours. And uh, so that, again, none of us do that all the time. But if that if that's a foreign idea to you, then I think you then we go back and say, have you really do you, is, are you gripped by grace mm. or not? And um, yeah. so I thought that verse really was a good one. You might want to read and, and uh, think about. But I really want to Jared commend all our questions that people send in are great. Yeah. But I really commend this one because this person is asking a pretty vulnerable question mm -hmm. that says, basically, do I have a really bad motive in my relationship with God? Yeah. And how do I know that? Yeah. I just think that kind of self-awareness, that your question alone may reveal that you really do want to serve the Lord and you mm. really do want to go Romans 12, one and two with your life, you know? And it yeah. may really reveal the fact you're concerned. So that yeah. that's how, I mean, those are few, those are pretty random thoughts, but those are a few thoughts no, and some good. questions to ask. It's very helpful. It was good. Um, yeah, well, that, that's all of our questions for this week, uh, but we did want to talk about, you know, we've got Easter upcoming. Easter. What can we do about it? Hey, can I say something about Good Friday first? Oh, yes. Yes, it's you gonna can. Be Sorry, I, I speak of that whole week as inclusive. Kind of like Easter. Yeah, it's yeah. like the whole Easter season. Yeah, that well, that's good. Uh, that's really good. And, I, and so I picked it apart and said, "No, you Jared, did. Let's, I know. let's start you with Good Friday." And you're like, "Well, that's what I meant." Corrected me very publicly yeah, again. Publicly. So like, first the cats. Now it's Easter. Yeah. Wow, you feel. Can rude. I do anything right? Do Craig? you feel grace or do you feel? <laughs> this is more like uh, criticism oh, conversations, not grace conversations. Uh, yes, it is. It is a whole weekend, right? You want to be. You want to get both. You want to get Good Friday, but for sure come back for Easter. And mm. if you just show up for Easter, you we'll talk about Good Friday on Easter, but mm -hmm. you kind of miss that. Um, hey, here's something cool. Uh, you, you, let me tell you something that I feel like the pastors of this church are entirely negligent in, and that is letting people know what goes on around here, particularly in our building. We recently had a meeting where we ran through every 
organization that we partner with and support in some way and partner with in some way and everybody that uses this building. And I just said, we got to tell the whole church this. Mm. Well, here's something cool. We have a Korean speaking church that meets here, I think at two o'clock. If you come to the late service and hang around, you'll see them setting up. They meet in the auditorium. Uh, they're Southern Baptist Church, but the services are in Korean, not, mm. and, and they're younger folk. They're like second generation, but they, they're not doing the services in English. They're wonderful. Uh, mm. Their team, we've had lunch with them a number of times. Uh, pastor Bon, Bon is the name of the pastor. So they're there in the afternoons. I'm going somewhere with this. And then Sunday nights, there's a newly... Uh, planted church that meets in the loft. Mm. Uh, I don't think they meet in the auditorium yet. I think they're in the loft because of their size. I think that, that that's that's plenty for them, I think. Um, but they are Portuguese speaking. Really? So there's, there's not really, from what I hear, there's not like evangelical uh, church services in Portuguese around mm. here. So what I, what I was told by somebody, maybe Tim or somebody told me, both of those churches are joining us Good Friday. Really? So it's going to all be in English, but we will have... Our Portuguese brothers and sisters, Portuguese speaking, I mean, I, they may not be, they speak uh, Portuguese in Brazil. So I don't know mm. if they're from Brazil or Portugal or mix. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll have our Portuguese speaking brothers and sisters and our Korean speaking brothers and sisters cool. with us on Good Friday in the evening. Oh, so that'll be really great. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. So that's one thing that we haven't even told the church yet, but there'll be a, a little bonus. And then uh, we'll do a, a noon communion service. So mm. that'll be pretty brief for people who may take off on their lunch break. Yeah. So if you're like, oh man, we can't come at night or hey, I work near Frisco Square and I'd like to really think about the day in a very full way. Yeah. Um, you can come at lunch. We'll sing a little bit. We'll have a communion meditation uh, about Christ's sacrifice, and we'll receive the uh, Lord's Supper together and mm. then pray a bit. So that's going to be really good. So both of those will be... Some people tell me that Good Friday is their favorite service, but I think it's just because of the sobriety of it. we got yeah. the candles going. It's uh, dark. The room's dark. It's just a very sober... Uh, time and mm -hmm. uh, we'll have at that evening meeting. We will have childcare for the littlest ones. I think the newborns up through maybe three or something. So okay. that's good to know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll be doing that, and then Easter will be uh, the theme for both of those is slain and risen king. So we'll be mm. talking about how the king rose, and Easter's just full of full of joy. You know, that's yeah. a great to talk about the resurrection, the victory, the victory, and all that. So all of these, this will be great, but. Both of these times, Friday night and Sunday morning, are great times to invite a guest because yeah. people are leaning in. I, th mm -hmm. I think some people who won't go to church any other time uh, are open to a Christmas or an Easter invitation, and you just don't know what the Lord's going to do in someone's heart yeah. who shows up at Easter. They could be far from God, and they could hear the good news, the message of Easter, hear the singing, see the feel the Spirit work in the room feel by that. I mean, sense that in their own mm -hmm. heart and want to turn to Christ. So yeah. I think it's the easiest it ever gets. I just last, uh, what day was it? Monday, uh, last Monday, it was a week ago. I was having a conversation with a guy that, um, I'd hired to do some work and I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the guy well at all, but we just got to talking and then it sort of came up somehow. I, I tra we transitioned to the church. And, mm -hmm. uh, so I just said, Hey, if you don't have Easter plans, why don't you come and why don't you come see us at Easter? And the guy was so wide open. Yeah, well, yeah. Tell me, when is it? And you know, I haven't been to church in a long time. I may do that. And so, there you go. I just I don't know if he'll come or not. But people are just very open. And, yeah. Uh, so send them a text. Point them to the uh, at. Uh, you know, we've got the little post on Instagram and Facebook, I suppose. But um, you know, forward them a social media post with the details and yeah. uh, email them and uh, text them, call them. 
talk mm-hmm. to them in person. You just never know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's a good point of, you know, it's not going to, I mean, it could be, you know, a little bit off the, uh, out of nowhere if, you know, you're inviting, right. you know, an unbelieving neighbor or something right. to, uh, you know, a random service in the middle of October or something sure, like that. But sure. Being invited to Easter Sunday is not going to be, no. uh, you know, surprising or crazy in any way. It's it, it might even be kind of expected. So yeah, uh, I think even a line, Jared. Like, do you have Easter plans? Yeah, and there's that's a good, really good. Do you have yeah. Easter plans? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, what are you doing? Ah, uh, we're going to do an egg hunt, and then we're doing. But we don't really have plans. Oh, well, if, if you don't have plans, we, you know, yeah, I'd like to come to our Easter service. I think I cut you off though. Were you saying no, no, something? No, 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 no. I was, I was just kind of uh, following up what you were saying about you know, of all the times to invite a, a friend to, to church. Um, I think Easter is as easy as it gets. You know, outside of maybe you know Christmas Eve. I, I don't think know. so. Yeah, I um, think that's exactly right. So that's good stuff. Well, so I'm, hopefully, and that's our growth plan. I mean, for reaching people with the gospel at Easter, we're not really doing a big. Uh, we did. We have some our little thing on social media that right. says, says the details, but we're not we're not doing anything out of the ordinary. We are basically just, um, you know, we're just uh, inviting folks to come. We're, we're asking our folks to invite the people you know because yeah. when they hear the gospel, the best follow up from there is you. It, it, yeah. it, it allows you to take a step forward in the relationship, either to mm-hmm. out yourself as a believer with someone at work, <laughs> yeah. you know, and say, hey, used to play, oh, I didn't know you went to church. Uh, well, I hope it's not too big of a shock, but, uh, you know, <laughs> so you can, it yeah. takes a step in the spiritual conversation, right. or if there's someone you're already reaching out to, it gives you an opportunity to, uh, to give them something very tangible mm-hmm. that's non-threatening, large, largely non-threatening. So. Yeah, that's good. Well, very cool. Uh, I think that's all we had for today. So um, did you have anything last minute you wanted to share? No or? other. I, I don't think so. All right. Sounds uh, good. I, I, other than to say thank you. Yeah, You're yeah. doing a great job, Jared. I appreciate you well, doing this you. and um, I appreciate the time you put into it and help Absolutely. us get going and you do all the tech. And uh, so thanks for doing that. No you worries. A, you're doing a lot. You serve in... Um, the young adults ministry rooted. You led a yeah. great job, by the way, leading us in singing last week. There was a real, um, I, I felt like a, uh, just a powerful expression of the spirit as we were singing on Sunday. So oh, the, Lord, the Lord used you in the band and, oh, thank and you. Uh, the, the new song was great. Yeah. Um, Sarah did a great job leading that. She sure so. did. So thank you to you and, and all, all that you do to serve in the church. And I'm really grateful for you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for your time as well. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, one of these days I'm probably going to have to get you like, you know, a pet kitten or something oh, just boy. to, just to thank no, you no. for all you do. And you know, all you mean to me, you yeah. know, it, it would really be a celebration of our relationship die. and our friendship to, uh, you know, to get you a pet cat. That would be good. So let it die. Uh, Not the cat. The, uh, the idea. See, I think listeners will think that you just wished all I, cats I, to die. I, I think so. So. Did you guys hear that? Craig hates uh, cats. Uh, no, no, not true. No, not true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, we need to wrap this up. All right. Thank you for your time, Craig. And uh, we'll we'll see you guys at church. Uh, and uh, hope you listen in on our next Grace Church Conversations podcast next week. Take care. Bye-bye.